0: But I do want to go back to something else that was quite important during the lockdown. And everybody reported an increase in dog napping. Now, I know in Garda Shea said they didn't notice really the increase. But then again, dogs are classed and classified under law as material objects, not like people being kidnapped. So you wouldn't really see an increase. And the Criminal Justice, Theft and Fraud Offences Amendment Pets Bill 2020 has been put forward by Aintu leader, Patter Tobin, in an attempt to penalise those who steal your family pet. And he joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Patter.
1: Good afternoon, Nyla.
0: Tough times for people today, particularly today after a very depressing and difficult weekend for everybody, I'm sure including yourself, Paddler, as well. And we'll talk about that briefly in a second, but just getting back to the dog napping. Now, the guards said they didn't even notice the increase, but I think this is because of the way this crime is reported and registered, probably.
1: Yes, there's a couple of things. I put in a parliamentary question recently. Uh, we got back information from the Department of Justice that there actually has been an increase in okay. the level of pet theft uh, in the country this year. So the figure... Is higher this year so far in October than it was for the whole of last year and the previous year put together. All right. So um, in
0: one month, we've seen more dog nappings than we've seen in the whole of the previous
1: year. No, sorry, just to make that clear. Okay. So in, in the year to date, oh, okay. uh, there's been okay. more dog nappings in 2020 than there was in 2019 or 2018. Okay. All right. Okay. And, um, and that's, you know, the reported ones. And obviously, there's a heap of unreported dog nappings uh, that happen uh, as well. So... Just to give people a kind of background, um, during the, the lockdown, many people were at home, many people felt they would get a pet, demand rose, supply didn't, so the price increased and all of a sudden there was a ready-made market uh, for stolen uh, pets. Mm-hmm. So there was, a, there was a, a big crease anecdotally. and We, we um, spoke to
0: some of the people on the air who had their dogs taken, and normally the desirable type dogs, if you know what I mean, desirable type breeds are being stolen. Sure. And, yeah. the,
1: and, and, and can, can fetch money up to about two grand or even three grand yeah, uh, yeah. for this. So these are professional gangs that are going around stealing these animals, and they're, they're selling them in a black market in Ireland or in Britain, or they're being sold into kind of uh, breeding farms uh, yep. so that uh, more money can be made in the future. Um, and there's even talk that some of these animals were making it to uh, further uh, fields than just Ireland and Britain. Yep. Um, and, and some of the methods they went into, for example, they were marking uh, chalk on uh, fences and on driveways, you know, in the daytime and came back at nighttime to rob them. You know, tie wraps or string was tied around gates um, to identify where... Uh, to steal them. Uh, so this is a big issue. Uh, and as you rightly say in your introduction, the law doesn't differentiate between an inanimate object and a family pet. Yeah,
0: your, your bike and your pet are considered the same thing, essentially. Roughly yeah. the same.
1: So if yeah. I rob your mobile phone, it's, it, it, it's the same impact in the eyes of the law. And uh, as if I rob a pet. So um, we know that's not true. We know that, you know, in many ways, uh, yeah, family yeah, it's a family pet. member of the family, yeah. This is this, and if anybody's lost a, a, a pet, will tell you, like, for three or four days after, is your broken heart. Is it, it's nearly a bereavement that happens in the family uh, when you lose a, a pet. So we figured that, you know, we want to deter this happening in future. And the, the fines that existed up until now uh, weren't even covering the, the cost or the price that these people were making for the dogs. So we decided to introduce a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 months, and um, we have produced this bill. The bill has been introduced into the doors, co-signed by an independent TD, Sean Canney, the idea is to to make sure that this is a real deterrent that this stops.
0: Well, uh, but here is the, the thing, Paddy. We we have legislation at the moment in relation to say animal cruelty, for example, right? And the problem with that legislation is, I mean, you've got five years maximum jail time for anybody who is cruel to an animal. Yet we've seen numerous stories in the paper recently about animals who've been neglected to the point of starving. Only one there during the week about a, a guy with a dog and a cat were both neglected. The cat had to be put down. Thankfully, they saved the dog. I think Beans was his name, he called the dog, because they said obviously he had good beans to be. Able to survive what he did but mm. the person gets you know a slap on the hand and a bit of a fine even though the judge could sentence him to five years so judges are quite reluctant when it comes to to dogs in cruelty to send them to jail so what makes us think that it would be any different that even if we do have a bill which is great and well done to you powder I'm not saying it's not but it's up to the judge then to interpret that and put the person in jail then isn't
1: it? Yeah so, so right now it's up to the judge to come up with the sentence and you know politicians love to have a judge to have a free hand on what kind of sentence to impose, because the idea is that well, the judge is at the coalface of the actual evidence on that particular case and is better able to you know, uh, you know tailor the sentence to the particular case. Um, but as you say, you know, right across the criminal justice system, there are m- numerous examples where we can point to where you know we're left scratching our heads, going, you know, how come that person didn't actually get a, a, a serious uh, clip on the ear or a slap on the wrist with regards to this because. Um, you know, that was a quite a serious offence. So what we're looking to do is create a mandatory minimum sentence, Okay. So okay. As, as opposed to the mandatory maximum sentence. Uh, ours means that if a pet is stolen by one of these gangs, the judge has no choice. His ten hands ten hands months, are, months in jail. His or, his or her hands are tied. It's ten months in jail for that individual.
0: OK, well, that's a great idea. And, and, and I really, really hope that bill gets pushed through. So what stages of the bill at now?
1: Well, the the bill has been introduced, and you'll know that there's five stages for the bill to get through the door. So we're hoping to bill as much cross-party support as possible. <clears throat> so I, can't see, I
0: can't see why anybody would disagree with it to be honest with you?
1: It is hard to know but there's, a, there's an instinct in Leinster House unfortunately that if it's not a government bill the government are very reluctant to push it unfortunately okay, so. Okay. Um, but anyways we'll push it and do our okay. best to it well, the look,
0: Okay, It's a wonderful bill and I hope it gets all the way through because I think many people listening today who own a dog or a cat or indeed whatever it happens to be uh, would be quite happy to see a bill like that go through because many people have been victims of this particularly sure. over the summer months as well but just before you go Potter obviously today is a very interesting day uh, announcement Day probably at six o'clock by Michal Martin. Uh, 4.5 or maybe five uh, would be level five restrictions, which is going to basically close down our economy again. Either way, retail and everything closing down. Uh, do you think it's appropriate?
1: No, we've said um aim to is of the view that the government must be cautious with regards uh, overly aggressive restrictions. Uh, from the start of this uh, illness, we have stated and uh, that the government needs to carry out research into the impact of these restrictions. On morbidity and mortality rates uh, when you can uh, take into consideration cancer deaths um, you know stroke deaths heart disease uh, and mental health like today 24 people died of cancer uh, today 480 people got cancer in this country today about 27 people will die from heart disease and stroke uh, and because of these restrictions you have first of all capacity really being gutted from the health service and then much hospital avoidance so people who well, Jack, who are Jack invited-
0: Lambert Dr Jack Lambert was on at the start with the show with us uh, obviously disagrees with Philip Nolan and also disagrees with the way Philip Nolan attacked him last night on Twitter and he said the hospitals are not under the pressure that the government is suggesting and, you know, we can't be bringing in these kind of restrictions, thinking that it may be under pressure. We don't know yet. At the moment, he said they're able to handle the situation. But I mean, you mentioned in Twitter as well, I noticed that you said there, there, there is a crescendo of media panic and fear and calm is needed. But I don't think calm is happening. I think there. it seems to be every day we wake up and there's a panic going on as to what we're going to do next.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that the, the political system in Ireland is responding to the media cycle at the moment, and the media cycle is living off uh, panic and fear in this. Well,
0: well that um, media cycle is particularly RTE, I think, to be honest with you. I think well, we're well aware of that.
1: Yeah, my, I, to be honest, I think RTE, you know, I've asked the question, why is RTE leading with um, the, the, the COVID figures in every single news bulletin? Um, you know, if they led with those figures that I mentioned earlier on cancer and heart disease, you can bet your bottom dollar that the, the whole, you know, uh, political system would start to orientate towards those illnesses. Um, but there's, there's a lack of balance here. Listen, this is, a, this is an illness. It has a serious effect. We should do our best as a people to, you know, reduce the numbers. But, we, you know, there's a cost to restrictions as well. Mm-hmm. And until the day that that government carries out a research into the cost of the restrictions... That means it's uh, not evidence-based, uh, and, you know, th- that's a danger. So we're asking for the government to do that. And, and to be honest, like, we're here – I ask the question, why are restrictions more severe in Ireland than they are internationally? And the government say, well, internationally they have a better health system and more ICU. And I'm like, it's phenomenally. So in other words, we're,
0: we're, we're getting the blame for the 30 years of incompetence that we've had when it comes to our health service.
1: Well, well the government's talking about uh, COVID non-stop for seven months now. It had a, a budget of 18 billion last week. And yes, it's hardly moved the dial at, like any uh, distance with regards to capacity in the health service or ICU figures. You know, why is it that society is the front line of this illness? Why can't we build the necessary capacity within the health service to ensure? that we don't have to suffer the major costs and ramifications uh, in the rest of society. Um, Well, I I, I worked
0: it out, I think I put it up by Twitter the other day there. It'll cost roughly, I think it was 1.2 billion I put up on on Twitter in relation to just the PUP payments alone for those who will be put out of work by a level five, for example. Um, Surely, I mean, with with about a billion uh, euro, we we could have God knows how many extra ICU beds and how many extra staff if we're willing to pay them quite a substantial amount of money with that kind of money and we would save a lot of business. But, no, um, but, but there's no forward thinking, I don't think. No, I,
1: I agree wholeheartedly. And, yeah. you know, even with those PUP payments, those families, most of them will have a significant income fall. And, you know, we know that poverty is a major driver Absolutely. of uh, mortality and morbidity in the future. Um, so, you know.
0: Well, poverty creates despair, and despair, unfortunately, creates uh, depression and depression, of course. So we this, all know what that. This, leads and,
1: to. You know, the GEA has been talked about now. And, like, I would say the GEA finals uh, and championship is one of the few. Bl- bloody shards of light we have in this darkness at the moment and for them to take that down as well is is only going to have a negative effect on people I've spoken to coaches and trainers who've said that you know when the kids came back after the lockdown you could see in their faces that there was you know they were down that they were significantly challenged by what was happening but you know week after week training session after training session morale lifted again and here we are now facing into a dark winter where, you know, know many of those kids are going to have those... Well, look, a at it's, a, it's, to it's a tough technology. time.
0: It's a tough time. And, I, and, I, and I, Sky News yesterday reported that one in four teenagers in the UK had stated that they felt like taking their own lives over the last five or six months, which I think is absolutely appalling to listen to. Well, we don't have those statistics, unfortunately. I don't we care enough to find out.
1: No, look. I, I've done the work on this to see can we get statistics on the number of people who have taken their lives. Um, in Ireland, they're recorded by the coroner, and as you'll know, the coroner's case is often can be a year after they, the death has happened. But I have spoken to people who work in uh, sui- you know, suicidality and mental health areas, and they have told me that the numbers anecdotally around the country uh, are far higher than they should be. Um, there shouldn't be any of these figures, for sure. But they're yeah. far higher than than the average. To be honest, I think that we, we have to learn to live with this illness. Um, the government strategy at the moment is a yo-yo COVID strategy. And there's no exit plan here. Their only exit plan is that there might there might be a vaccine uh, sometime in the future. Um, we and, don't even know that yet. And we don't even know. Or that guessing. could be two or three years Absolutely. Uh, uh, away. So, okay, um, listen. Thank you, you very much, and, uh, Padre.
0: I appreciate you coming on the air today. All right, there you go. Padre Tobin wants to bring in legislation. We have to get a bill passed whereby you would get a, a minimum, a minimum of a 10-month sentence if you steal somebody's dog or family pet. And I don't see anybody would disagree with that. Although at least one or two texts there disagree with it. I don't know why you would disagree with it. Just don't steal someone's dog and you won't go to jail. And obviously, Padre believes that the government's, um, are, I suppose, that they're, idea of arresting the problem of COVID-19 is not the right one, uh, that we need to think more logically and we need to think calmly and not to go into panic every time case numbers goes up and close the country down because it's not going to do us any good, it's not going to do our anxiety any good, it's not going to do our depression any good, and it's not going to do us any good.